Father God, we thank you for being in this place, God, all day, God, and we thank you that we're being taught by your wisdom and the various classes we're part of, God, and I pray that we would never lose sight and always remember these times in Bible college, God, and I pray that um, we would all be strengthened by your word and receive wisdom in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So as we get started, I want us to hear what we think about church. Yeah, anything about church. What do you, how do you see church? Like what it is. Like before what it now. is. Right now. Right now. How do you see church right now? Oh, right now? Yeah. Just church or just Christians? Church. 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 church in general, yes. What? Your idea of church. What is church? You agree? Whatever you think of church, man. It could be bad. It could be good. How do you see church? What's the thing? Unrighteous? Yeah, let's, let's hear something like that, what Julian said, like, the, how do you see, what, what is the purpose of church, okay, not like, <laughs> what'd you say? Body of Christ. Consciousness. So um, maybe aware of city. You mean like awareness, right? Aware of city. Like um, um, knowing what's right and what's wrong, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Okay, okay. Morality. It fixes the morality of the city. Yeah. So also morals. I'll put that in parentheses here. Morals. God's house. Spiritual or physical? Okay. Um, physical and spiritual. Anybody else? Christian, what you got? Okay, gathering. A lot of G's here. A lot of G's and D's. No, actually, just one. Gathering of Gathering children. children. Hospitals for the sick. I mean, for the broken. <clears throat> Hospital. That's good. Revival meaning, um, revival meaning to bring back to life, house to bring back to life. Okay, the kingdom yet to come. Okay, if we can, it's hard to put that in there. I mean, it might, might not be theologically correct, but um, the kingdom to come, you said? By that I mean the kingdom of heaven here on earth. Here, oh, okay. Kingdom of God is here, guys. That's what he meant. <laughs> yeah, he didn't mean to come, he said it was here. I think he adjusted it at that point. Kingdom of God. Oops. Kingdom of God here. Okay. We're running out of room, but I could put. I think I 
anything else. These are all these are pretty good things. Some of these are biblical, some of these are just revelation, which I feel doesn't make this much sense. But yeah, anything else, guys? We got training saints, bridegrooms, house of revival, kingdom. We got anything else? Okay, we can go with that. All right, maybe like one more, two more. It's the same thing. It was, it's the same context, Christian. I don't know. I don't know why you even saying this. Well, when it's referred to in scripture, you are the light of the world, you are a city and a hill comes right next. So. Yeah, and it's not really like How do you want me to paraphrase that? The heartbeat of Christ. Yeah, the of so God we. Here. So that's basically what he said. The kingdom of God here. That's basically. Yeah. Um, and body of Christ in the yeah. next sense. So yeah. if that's it, then we can just leave it at that. Yeah. Okay. So the reason why I, why I asked you guys this is because, of course. Oh, <laughs> of course. Like we're all understanding that this is who we are to become or called to be if we're not already. And I want to talk about my experience in Bible college as I've. I'm on my fourth year. I started in uh, September, no, August of 2013. I'm sorry, 2012 I started. No. To my, to my knowledge, I'm only getting my bachelor's. This is, I'm going to get my bachelor's in six months till graduation, till June. So I've been here. I'm, since the, when I started, there was originally seven students. That started at that time. There was myself, there was Seth, there was Jerry, there was Stephanie, there was um, Tina. Um, so there were seven of us. And you're looking at the only one that's still lasting from that original seven. Mm-hmm. Tina takes class from home, but that comes here every Monday. That's what I'm talking about. You know, that comes every Monday. The other ones have graduated and they've departed. They left me to, <laughs> I guess, give the baton to you know, whoever wants to be like a leader of the cohort, just, you know, sustain it. Um, but yes, I've been. I'm kind of ancient, if you would say, uh, when it comes to the core stuff. But I want to talk about one experience, one of my biggest lessons that I have learned while being in SUM, up and coming minister, being in ministries, involved in all kinds of stuff. And um, there's two ways you could look at it. And I kind of want to erase this, so I want to draw again. Um, but there's two. I did? We get that, right? The church, all this stuff. Training, the training of the saints, the bridegroom. I wish I should have wrote smaller, dude. Uh, body of Christ, conscious of the cities, meaning um, having the only morals in the city that to restore us back to normal. God's house, both spiritual and physical. The gathering, oh, children. The hospital for broken. Um, house of revival, I love that one. Uh, a place where awakening could happen, whether spiritual or um, physical. Not physical awakening, but um, physical as in city. Kingdom of God here and a sea on the hill, light of the light of the world, all that kind of stuff. I'm gonna leave the church title up there just because it's cool. So we got that. We understand. We kind of brainstorm on that. And there could be one of two things. So there could be one, one, one of two things that I learned. Um, you could either um, take the trait of laziness. I think I spelled that right. is something I learned, and I'm going to show you uh, the two aspects of what comes out of these things. Um, or you can overwork yourself. Yourself. 
some of you are. <laughs> yeah, that's burnout, yes. Overwork yourself or burnout, laziness or not doing enough, you know, just, uh, just barely getting by, being dragged on by the ministry, like, oh, here I come, you know. So these are two things that I learned, laziness or being overworked. And um, praise God that I didn't have too many episodes of laziness, but I am number two. And you guys could categorize yourselves on which number do you think you are? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes, I'm looking for the marker. So you guys could categorize yourself, and I want to kind of see where you guys are at. Um, Christian, what do you think, what kind of more have you experienced, laziness or being overworked? Overworked. You kind of felt you're being overworked. And is that just ministry or life in general? Um, yeah, because it could um, it could be it kind of bleeds over, you know. So actually, let's let's keep it let's keep it ministry only. Okay, let's keep it ministry. Let's keep it everything you're involved in in the church. So you would say overworked in ministry. Okay, um, you Lee, what do you find yourself overworked? Okay, Joe. Joe. Joby. Not lazy. Okay, so. Okay. <laughs> so, Joe B. Yeah, I know. I miss spelling stuff funny for just because I want to. Um, so, yeah, I have a couple things to say on each one of these, but I want to look at first the overworking aspect because I myself have been experiencing, not not lately, but. <coughs> I have experienced in my time at Bible College um, a period of overworking. I've always been a good grade student. I haven't been straight A's, but A's and B's, you know, occasional C. Um, so let's go to the Bible. Let's go to Hebrews 6.10. So this is a lesson for the overworked person, the person who finds it hard to um, have peace in their life or always stressed out or always late to something or always trying to, trying to be everywhere at once. Hebrews 6.10. Not for you, but you could receive it too. Okay? <laughs> receive it too. And who would like to read this Hebrews 6.10? You would like to read it? Okay. Tell Julian, read it. Maybe don't encourage him. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love he has shown you as you have helped your people and continue to help them. I'll keep going until 12, all the way to the end. Okay, so this is a lesson for the lazy. I'm sorry, guys. This is a lesson for the lazy. So you read your own <laughs> encouragement. Okay, so we look at Hebrews 6.10. Um, even though I have experienced overworkedness, it could apply to you guys too because this has actually spoken to me plenty of times where I kind of feel like I'm just working and working and working and working and working and, and it's been hard for me to try to get into God's presence. But this, this is how it is a message for the lazy is because um, it encourages you to, to keep the diligence to the end. But also for the overworked, it tells you that what you're doing, all this overworked stuff, all this stuff you're overworking is actually for a purpose. You know, God is not unjust and he is going to, he's not going to forget 
um, the love you have shown him by helping others. So talk about your ministry. Um, gang ministry, right? Or you're not in anymore. Okay. Gang ministry, evangelism. King's Kids, are you still in King's Kids? Okay. Definitely. So King's Kids evangelism, what are you involved in? Elevate, Elevate. yes. <laughs> so we're helping these youth, teenagers find Jesus, and we're all in Elevate here, which is cool. Praise God. And evangelism, we're helping people know Jesus who are randomly on the street. This is what Jesus did. And God is not unjust. He sees us in our, in our busiest times, and, of course, he's there. Sometimes he's knocking. You know, Julian Earl was like, knock, knock, hey, I'm here with you. Knock, knock, hey. You know, even though you go this way, he's, he's still here with us. That's the, that's the idea. But sometimes, and I have experienced this, sometimes we just get overworked in ministry where, you know, we're doing so many things. And you know what? All this stuff is getting piled on us, dude. Like, we can only take so much of Jesus, you know, the living water. Lord. And then all this stuff from different areas keeps coming on our lives. Like, hey, can you help here? No, we're SUM students. So the church and leadership is going to see us as um, being tested and approved. So guess what? They're going to see how faithful are we. And no, the Lord is not going to um, hold anything against you for, for as far as what you can and can't do. But I believe the Lord knows what you're capable of and wanting to see how faithful you'll be with what you are doing. Like the scripture says, he is not unjust, but he, re he remembers what you're doing for him. He knows at times where you, um, where you were kind of going to step two hours a, a night kind of like Christian, but he still expects your best, right? He still expects you to give everything you can to the ministry, but I want to go to uh, the laziness or the overworked message, uh, which is Psalms. I'm still going to tie it in. Go to Psalm 84. And who would like to read that? We'll have Joseph read it. Yeah, Psalm 84. Let me get the verse one. One second. Psalm 84, um, 10 to 11. Better is one day in your court than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk his walking ways. Yeah, could you could you finish off verse twelve is just a sentence? O Lord Almighty, blessed is the man who trusts in you. Amen. So this whole psalm actually is talking about um, finding a satisfaction in God's presence, the whole thing. So if you look up, it says, blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. You know, um, it's, it's talking about finding a resting place in God where, um, where your flesh and your heart cry out, as it says earlier in the psalm. But it's a place where you find yourself sitting down and trusting in the Lord, you know. Don't look overworked right now. So this is a lesson, and it applies to both laziness and overworked, because overworked people, these uh, five, I'm not saying you're always overworked, but I'm saying you can't neglect this time of basically fulfillment, you know? It says, my heart and my flesh cry out. That means you're physically tired. You know, this, this, this um, psalmist understands that um, you can't be physically tired, and the only way to get filled up again from the Lord is by seeking him in that quiet place, wherever it may look like for you. If it's taking a stroll in the park, then you should do that. Um, if, if it looks like sitting on your bedside and just be like, Lord Jesus, whatever it may be. If you want to put on Hillsong and worship for like an hour, whatever it may be. But you got to get filled up. Look at all these arrows coming from different ways. I should actually paint it in a red. Hold on one second. 
all these arrows, and it's basically, you don't want to be too filled of all this stress of life, but you want more of the Lord in your life. Those, for the person that's overworked, you can't expect you, yourself to continue in ministry without being filled up by your source, you know? So you're being drained, you're pouring out, you're like, ministry here, ministry there, ministry there, servant here, all that stuff. But like, if it's just yourself, what are you going to get out of it? See, the Lord is the one that is your resource of, of, of being able to pour out. And I don't think actually the lazy person could apply to this, to, to this could apply to the lazy person, unless the lazy person just only likes the, the, <laughs> the one day in the Lord's courts and that's it. He doesn't expect to be elsewhere. But understand where, um, where laziness could take place in, in a previous scripture we, we talked about in Hebrews, where you can fold your hands and not go on with the ministry, where you could let the ministry pass you by. I'm sorry, what, what was your question before I continue? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's it's better to serve the Lord in this way. And uh, one thing I want to point out, which brings me to my other point that I want to give, is that uh, we're all entrusted with something. And I want to read from this scripture, Matthew. Um, this is when Jesus says. Um, you know, who do people say I am? And Peter's like, oh, you're the son of God, you know, son of, son of the living God. And then Jesus tells Peter that, you know, blessed are you because, um, that's, yeah, it was revealed to you from the Father in heaven. And um, it's at this point where Jesus gives, um, he says he will give him the keys to the kingdom, that on that rock he will build his church, right? Like on the, on the idea that Peter, like you're the son of the living God. And then Jesus is like, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I want to kind of give you the idea that we're being entrusted with the ministry, with the ministries that we're being placed in, evangelism, uh, king's kids, gang ministry. We're being entrusted. And to sit down, let life pass us by in laziness, like we don't want to get to our homework or we don't want to show up early to ministry or stay late. We just want to do the bare minimum, barely being dragged by, barely waking up to our alarms, whatever it may be. It's disrespect to Jesus. I want to, I want to kind of show you guys this, is how it's disrespect to Jesus. Um, sorry, guys. <laughs> so Jesus died on the cross, and this is a big price to pay, right? You know, being born of a virgin, little baby, then go to adolescence, teenager, adult. Then he starts his ministry at age 30, preaches for about three years, get, gets followers, dies on a cross. All the everything that went into dying on the cross, you know, the whippings, the crown of thorns, the, the, the suffering and the crucifixion, the bleeding out. He did all this, 
And then on top of that, he still came back to the disciples he had for three years because they didn't get the message that they had to start churches. So he came to encourage them and say, you know what, this is what you need to do. Most um, Peter went back to fishing, so Jesus is like, well, you got some work to do. So he comes back after he resurrects, and then he eats with them breakfast, all that stuff. And he teaches them on how to lead churches. Now, he did all this, entrusting us with the keys. Like if you had a key to a building, he's like, here are the keys to Metro Praise or whatever. I want you to, to, to own it, you know, own this church, and I'll be back. He'll, he's only gone for about 2,000 years, and a 1,000 days is like, a 1,000 years is like a day to the Lord. So what we're looking at is that Jesus is entrusting us with something so powerful, with the ability to, to give the gospel to the ends of the earth. And he's saying, hey, Job, I give it to you. Here are the keys to my kingdom. Here, here is the ministry I'm entrusting you with. And you're like, okay, God, okay. And you start working a little bit. Then you get kind of lazy. You take your keys and you sit over here. Now, what if Jesus were to come back and sees you just chilling? You know, like if you're if you ever had a boss on your job and then um, they're like, hey, can you mop this floor? Hey, can you check the registers? Can you um, can you hang up this clothes and you're done for the day? And then you're just chilling and the floor hasn't been mopped. You had you didn't count your drawer. You didn't do the clothes. That wouldn't be good for you. And so how is disrespect is because Jesus paid, did everything possible so that you can get the Holy Spirit so that you can lead the church. And then we're basically letting life pass us by, letting ministry pass us by. And no, God doesn't need us. He will establish other leaders to do what you were called to do, you know? So, and then being overworked. God could use you, yes. Going back to Hebrews. You know, God could use the work that you're doing, but are you benefiting from it? You know? Are you getting anything to pour back out? We're going to end on this, on this Hebrews verse right now. Hebrews 6.10. Yeah, so we're going to end on this. For those who are overworked, we do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. So talking about Abraham here. Uh, God promised Abraham uh, many descendants, you know, as numerous as the stars in the sky and as uh, numerous as the sands on the seashore. And though Abraham didn't see it yet, he still did his amazing journey to... Uh, to um, to the promised land, still didn't get there. He had to go to Egypt and go back. The long story is that it may have taken a long time, but he was patient. Did he see his many descendants? No. But did he see the promised land? No. But God still promised that to him. This is Hebrews 6.10. Sorry. 6.10 through 12. So the main idea is that perhaps God has called us to do something like your studio thing. Like your, your church slash studio. want to bring up these up-and-coming Christian artists, let them get the music out there, let the music industry change, or whatever it may be. Um, God wants to use you. There's not a coincidence that he put that in your heart, and it's already been in Pastor Joe's heart. Now, the thing is, are you going to be diligent with that, you know, are you, to the very end? I'm not just talking about Bible college. What happens when you're not being um, fed, you know, the word as you are now? You, re, you know, you're required to read the Bible in Bible college, read these books. But what happens when you're, when you're done with Bible college? Are you still going to be as diligent as you were to start that studio thing, you know? And for, for, for many of you, you know, for your um, fitness thing, your fitness thing, you know, are you still going to be diligent after Bible college? So the encouragement is not to become lazy. Don't ever think that um, you've done enough, you know. We should always be willing to, be, to grow and allow God to lead us. And also, learn how to rely upon the Lord. I erased my little guy. <laughs> but uh, uh, learn, because I had to learn this lesson. I had to learn how to allow God to fill me in these times where I'm overworked. And uh, you want to stand up, bro?
So um, we have to learn how to constantly be filled by Jesus because I found myself in a place where I'm overworked. And I used to work at Family Dollar, and that's a retail store, for those who don't know. And it was hard because I had to work around their schedule, and I didn't get to be part of them with ministry. And I was always, I'm, I'm telling you guys, like I would be up on Sunday nights until... Three in the morning when I had school, you know, Monday at seven in the morning, I would, have, I would be at Dunkin' Donuts till like two or three in the morning finishing up homework because during the week I was at Family Dollar and I didn't have time, enough time to do my homework. And that's where I found myself overworked. Not, you know, unbalanced life maybe, but I got the stuff done, but was I being satisfied in my spiritual life? I found myself burnt out a lot. I have not been burnt out, God, <laughs> praise God, in a long time. Um, but it happens when you're when you're not allowing Jesus to fill you as that little guy needed. No. That little guy needs a filling. You know what he's pouring out? Or if he needs a little blue, I think. <laughs> All right. So I want you guys' thoughts on that, if you guys have any. Joseph? Okay, that's good. Um, so is that your strategy, by the way? What? Is that your strategy? Is you're, 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 are you saying that without a job, it's easy to keep a balanced yeah. ministry and work? Yeah, but oh, well, not work, but... Everybody wishes, every student wishes he was in your position. Without a job? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I could get grades while I had a job, but it would just be so much easier. I, I wouldn't have gotten burnt out as much as I did if I didn't have a job. So that's cool. Um, yeah. Anything else? No? Okay. What you guys? You guys ever found a balance? You're still trying to find a balance? For those who are overworked, um, have you found a strategy yet well, no, to not feel overworked? What I mean by strategy is like, when you realize you're overworked, you know exactly where to go. Like, you know, do you know where to go to the, to the throne room of God, or do you know how to just say, no, nah, I'm, I'm going to take a break for a week, guys, chill out. Like, what's your strategy? Is it the worship for an hour and read the Bible? What is it? The throne, throne room of God. You pray for yourself. For yourself, okay. <laughs> for yourself. And, and you've done it, right? That's the. So he's. Where's he at? Oh, there he is. So you've done it. He's Christian. <laughs> Anyone else? Strategy.
gosh, dude. How sweet is that prayer? That's like, that's like, I'm just, I'm just stay here because how do you find time to like have full devotions? Like, oh man, that's what it says. Oh, there's a cross reference here. Let me just see. Oh man, that's a crazy revy. Like how much can you do when you have that stuff? It's like, for me, a lot of times it's like when I feel that overworked, I, I honestly, I could just sit down in God's presence. Like, dang, when's the last time I was here? You know, it's like, and I'm sure you feel that, that sweet presence of God. The beginning of this says, how lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. That's some powerful stuff when you're overworked. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, he, he um he's not unjust and he, he sees he only expects your best. You know, he doesn't expect you to go above and beyond where to the point where you're overworked. Does God really want you to do ministry and feel like this? No. He wouldn't say go to Bible college, I can't wait to see you're burnt down and you're you know, all you're doing is stuff for me, but that becomes religion at that point. How we understand religion where it's like all I'm doing is these things, but like um true love for God is like Yeah, being truthful with it, like would God call you to Bible college and then you're over here burnt out? Like, that's something I have to learn. That's not what he wanted for my life. So when he calls you to Bible college, he's always expecting our best. Like, what can we give to God, you know? And if we're called, then we're going to be like, I'm going to give, I'm going to sacrifice this and give all this to God, you know? So, yeah, he only expects our best. Uh, one last question or not? We can just close it. All right, let's. <laughs> I was about to pray, like. <laughs> Yeah, and it also comes, um, yeah, that lack of understanding who you are in Christ because you could, man, if you're doing ministry and you don't have that time with Jesus, guess what? You're not going to know who you are because he's the one that qualifies you, and you're going to be like, oh, man, I'm doing this, and guess what? You're only pulling yourself out. Yeah, that's true because ap laziness is apathetic, and then being overworked, it's like you lose sight of what it's all about. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord. My soul longs for you in the temple.
Yeah. Then you feel lost. Yeah. And it's true. I mean, it happens to so many people, many leaders in the Bible. David once said he remembers the times where he felt God the most. But at this point, he's like, man, I can't even. Just that one verse that where he says, you know, like a deer pants for water, you know, I, you know, I pant for you. My soul longs for you. And it's like, sometimes he got, he lost his, his sight with God. But sometimes there are valleys. All right. Well, that being said, if anybody has nothing else, then we'll just pray out. And I pray that encourages you. And um, I'll pray for you guys. <laughs> Come on, Christian. It's okay, man. <laughs> All right, Lord Jesus, we glorify you, God. We thank you for the wisdom, God. We thank you that you're always there, God. Even when we're burnt out, God, you're still knocking, God. You're still, you're still saying you're here with us. Even when we're, we're doing, going from ministry to ministry, or picking people up to picking people up, God, or, or from job to ministry, whatever it may be, God. God, I pray that we will learn how to get our strength from you, our feeling from you, God, that we wouldn't work off our own strength, God, but we would work off of your strength, God, that you would give us the strength that we need to... to to finish off Bible college strong, God. Some of us have three years or four years, God, but I pray that till the very end, even beyond Bible college, we would work for you diligently and we would learn how to find a balance in our busy lives, God, a balance to keep you at the center, God. I pray you bless the rest of our days. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord.